The Trouble with Transformation, a serialised podcast by Alison Wynn. Chapter 27, Confessions of a Teenage Scientist. Betty's hands flew into the air with a short, terrified squeak. Your notebook hit the floor, skimming across the concrete resin to land at Danny's feet. My eyes adjusted and I realised we'd been tricked by an optical illusion. There was a stairwell I hadn't noticed before. The lines of the steps were so clean and white, they blended into the wall behind, disguising a hidden entrance. Mrs J stood at the top of the stairs, looming over us. Her dark eyebrows drew together, stern exclamation marks upon her freshly scrubbed face. At the sight of her mother striding down the stairs, Betty's mouth opened and shut like a fish suddenly ejected from its tank. A voice in my head told me to bolt for it, but my legs wouldn't move. I couldn't tear my eyes away from Betty and her mum. Betty, we wanted you to have that copy of your dad's retina so you could experiment on your own time, without pressure, Mrs J said. Her tone was calm on the surface, but vibrated with anger. We didn't think you'd use our gift to offer up lab tours to your friends. I frowned, trying to make sense of Mrs J's words. Her eyes met mine, gleaming with challenge. My stomach dropped. Mr and Mrs Jansen not only knew Betty had access to the lab, they'd engineered it. Betty was a beat behind. You knew? She whispered. Her voice was still husky from the cold. I don't understand. Mr J's hulking form appeared in the doorway. We were hoping you might take a genuine interest in the science behind the inventions. You seem happy enough to try out all our prototypes. But we wanted to see whether you had a deeper interest, that maybe you wanted to know how things actually worked. We had no idea you'd be so irresponsible, Mrs J said. We've told you countless times you can't tell anyone about the things your father is working on. When the school called us about your mishap with the rocket skates, I thought you'd learned your lesson. I'd never imagined in a million years you'd actually be so silly as to invite your classmates home for the guided tour. As I watched the scene between Betty and her parents unfold, my brain caught on a thread and lost it. I had the distinct feeling I was missing a critical revelation. A frown pinched the top of Denny's nose. He was struggling with the same thing. Are you saying that Betty only tests out your stuff? He said to Mr J. That she's not involved with the science at all? Tears started to roll down Betty's cheeks. Mr J, now at the foot of the stairs, reached over the banister and rumpled her hair. He turned to Danny and me, offering an apologetic smile. It's me, he said, his huge shoulders sagging. I'm the one who put together Lizzie's science fair project alone. A short, nervous laugh escaped me, but quickly evaporated when I saw the dark expression on Danny's face. She didn't do any of it, he cried. He teetered slightly before sinking onto a stool. But what about all the other kids who worked so hard? What if there'd only been one place in the final and I'd missed out? It's not fair. Mrs J bristled slightly. I hardly think you're in a position to judge. We've just caught you breaking into our lab. Her sharp gaze was unwavering. 
I guess she'd had plenty of time to hone her craft from keeping Mr J in line. With Kat for a mum, I was relatively inexperienced with this level of discipline. I shifted my eyes to the floor, and that's when my breath caught. Your notebook was right there for the Jansons to find, right near Danny's dangling feet. I waggled my eyebrows to get his attention and tried to communicate telepathically from behind gnashed teeth, willing him to take a furtive step forward and hide the book under his foot. I sneaked a glance at Mrs. J, Mr. J. He looked from me to Danny to the floor, and then he smiled, a slow, knowing smile. My vocal cords froze. I fought to keep my voice steady as I said to Mr. and Mrs. Jansen, How much did you hear? Mr. J pressed his lips together. Enough. He took a step forward, holding out a hand. Can I see it? I took a deep breath. What I was about to do was crazy, but we'd been working against the odds and had got this far. I wasn't ready to give up on you. Not yet. I bent down and retrieved the notebook, offering it to Mr. J. Danny turned toward me, shielding his face from the others. Are you nuts? he whispered. We can't do it without him. Look at this stuff, I said, gesturing at the shiny machinery around us. Besides, he knows more than he should already. We might as well make the most of the situation. I took a step forward and handed the book to Mr. J. This is why we're here. Mr. J opened the notebook and started flicking through the pages. His pupils doubled in size as he examined the diagrams within. Does this thing actually work? His normally commanding voice squeaked like poorly tuned piano keys. Apparently. How did you get hold of this? Who? My father. Apparently. A smile played at Mr. J's lips, his eyes trained on me. Do you think I would have let you over here without doing my due diligence? I know who you are. More importantly, I know who your father was. Ouch. Hearing you spoken about in the past tense, even knowing what I knew, I've got to admit, Dad, it didn't sting any less. Look, I said, I know what you're going to say, that my dad was a record producer, a troubled soul who disappeared over ten years ago, presumed dead. Well, I'm telling you there's more to the story than that. But it's a long story, and to be honest, we'd rather not tell you more than you need to know. What we need to know is whether you'll help us make this thing. I need to build that machine. And if you can't help, I'll have to ask you to return that book to me. Now. I stuck out a palm and beckoned Mr. J to hand it over. Mr. J's eyes glittered as he glanced down at the open pages of the notebook. His fingers tightened around its spine. Mrs. J's attention flicked from me to Mr. J. She groaned. Don't I get a say in any of this? You! She pointed accusingly at me. You come into our house or grace and charm, but you break into our lab in the middle of the night. It wasn't breaking in, Mommy. I did let them in, Betty said. Mrs. J shot her a withering look and turned back to me. We invite you into our home, give you a nice meal, and then you sneak around in the middle of the night so you can manipulate Betty and convince her to steal for you. Come on, Mary Ann, Mr. J soothed. They're just being kids. When I think about some of the mischief I got up to when I was a boy, 
Don't marry Anne me, Stephen. Due diligence or not, we don't know nearly enough about this girl, and we know even less about that book. I'm telling you, these kids wouldn't have a hold of something like that if they hadn't got it by some dodgy avenue. Mary, I'm not finished. I've seen that gleam in your eye. I know what this book means. And if it means that much to you after a 30-second flick-through, then I bet the person who lost it would do just about anything to get it back. Anything. My brain evoked the faint waft of eucalyptus. My memory recalled the urgent rustle of leaves. The blood in my veins stiffened. Actually, Betty said, her face draining of colour, somebody did follow us home today. Mrs. J gasped. It's true, I said, taking a deep breath, bracing to stay cool or nothing. You're wrong about one thing, though. That book is mine, or my father's at least. But you're right that other people are looking for it, and maybe they did follow us here today. If that's the case, they'll assume you were already involved. I'm sorry for dragging you into this, I said to the Jansons. I am, but we could really use your help. Bed hair whipped around Mrs. J's face as she pivoted to face me. But can't you see what you're asking of us? You threw us onto the pyre, she said in a strangled whisper. We opened our home to you. I shivered in my dressing gown. Up till now, I hadn't really thought about the danger to Betty and her family, and there was no telling what form that might take. A string of apologies ticketed through my brain, but my mouth wouldn't move. Danny stepped forward. What Ginger isn't telling you, and what she's probably too proud to tell you, he looked to me. I shot him a warning look. Is that she's trying to help her father. He's in a lot of trouble. And if we can somehow pull off this crazy plan, Ginger may have a shot of getting to know him. You see, we think he's alive. The Jansons huddled together in stunned silence, searching each other for the right words. The only sound in the room was the heavy pulse of blood ringing in my ears. When Mr. J spoke, his voice was deep-timbered and steady. We've kept a few secrets in our time, and we probably wouldn't be here today without the help of friends willing to take a risk for us. Let's go back into the house, where we can all get a warm drink and sit down. Then, you'd better start at the beginning. <laughs>